Hello, everyone. Alexi the Greek here. Got a great episode for you. David Dayan, executive editor of the American Prospect, joins us. And for those that don't know, for new listeners, first welcome. Uh, but also, you might not know that the American Prospect magazine is the sponsor of Left Anchor now. And if you want to support the podcast and the magazine, uh, you could become a, a patron of Left Anchor at uh, patreon.com slash left anchor at the $10 tier and you will get a free subscription to the American Prospect, a free digital subscription and the opportunity to get a heavily discounted print subscription, which I highly recommend. They do great journalism there. And that's not just because uh, our own Ryan Cooper is the managing editor and the excellent David Dan is the executive editor, uh, but it really is the truth. So uh, check that out if you like. Uh, otherwise, I hope you look forward to this episode and enjoy it. It is going to be an interesting one. Covers baby formula shortage, uh, solar panel shenanigans with uh, Chinese companies influencing a trade group. Uh, we get into um, you know all kinds of things having to do with um, inflation and corporate greed and profits and what really leads to inflation and and whether price gouging is a thing. Uh, it's a it's a good conversation and and, uh, and I hope you all enjoy it. Okay, without further ado, let's get to the episode. Welcome back to Left Anchor. I'm Alexi the Greek, and I'm Ryan Cooper. Today we have my boss, David Dayan of the American Prospect. Now, on a great God Emperor of of journalism, um, whose every utterance is correct in all all respects. Uh, amen. But thanks for coming back on the show, David. Thank you, and uh, get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been working all weekend, ah, slaving away in the take mines. That is actually true. So uh, uh, let me say that yeah. uh, you're yeah. a fine worker. It's dude. true, but it's kind of my own fault. So you know, kind of it's a little 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 column A, little column B. But anyways, uh, the we wanted to have you on, you know, uh, to talk about inflation, corporate profits. Uh, but I just wanted to mention, um, since it just happened, I think yesterday, this shooting in Buffalo, um, which just, just a straight up neo-Nazi mass murder, um, guy citing the great replacement, citing critical race theory explicitly in the, cl the classic online manifesto. Of course, the cops didn't kill him. He was captured alive and now he's going to go to trial. Um, so, you know, just wanted to, to, to mention that, um, and by way of, uh, like transitioning, um, one thing that, uh, onto our first topic of baby formula, something that, you know, the far right propaganda machine was mentioning, you know, during this ongoing baby formula shortage, which is, which is very serious. Um, you know, there are a lot of women, uh, a lot of parents, around the country who can't they can't get the they can't feed their kids or they're struggling you know to get and it's, which is i'm sure a very uh very anxiety producing situation um and the 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 right wing was responding to this in their just classic wretched fashion uh here's a tweet from uh elise stefanik who you know started as a moderate and is now just an absolute Trumper degenerate. Joe Biden continues to put America last by shipping pallets of baby formula to the southern border as American families face empty shelves. This is unacceptable. 
Um, Jesse Waters on Fox News. Apparently, there is no shortage of baby formula for illegal aliens. Why are we feeding illegal babies ahead of American babies? I just think that's a great phrase. Illegal babies. Um, <laughs> uh, Tucker Carlson. Well, look, they they should have. They knew the law. That's right. These babies. They they should have. They should have complied. Most babies they, have their papers. They, you know. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm. You know, they they they. They knew the risks when they came to this yeah. country, these babies. Um, so that you know, just it just kind of tends to demonstrate the lo- the like the 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 level of truly monstrous, yeah. uh, uh, seething kind of politics that is under you know this supposedly pro life party. But nevertheless, it is the case that there is there's a baby formula shortage, and it is quite serious. Um, and David, you wrote a piece for us at the prospect about the baby formula thing, uh, the, the problem. And so can you, uh, kind of walk us through that? What, what's the deal with this? Why is it happening? And, you know, what could we do about it? Absolutely. So, uh, the, the main reason that we are seeing shortages right now I mean, I guess there's a, a secondary reason and the primary reason. The secondary reason is the same supply chain crunch that we've seen for goods uh, across the economy. Uh, there are certain ingredients that are sourced in uh, a, a lot of the dehydrated cow's milk, frankly, that we use in baby formula uh, comes from, you know, centralized locations, whether in Asia or wherever. And so getting even though 98 percent of baby formula is that is consumed in the United States is actually produced in the United States. The ingredients are not. Um, and so there is some supply chain issues, but that, that was kind of manageable. Um, there was another issue of hoarding that happened at the beginning of the crisis, uh, followed by a, a lot of people. Uh, part of this is because there was some more working from home. And so it was more ease of use to actually breastfeed. Um, in 2020, 2021. And, uh, I've seen conflicting studies of this. Actually, births went down in the first half of 2021, but I'm being told that they ticked back up at the end of 2021. So that has increased demand. And then returning to the office has also increased demand. So some of, a little of this is supply catching up to demand. So those are secondary factors. The primary factor and the primary reason that we're seeing a, a shortage right now is that there was uh, a recall of uh, in one plant uh, that Abbott Labs, which makes uh, Similac and a couple other brands, uh, Abbott Labs, I believe, is the number one supplier of baby food in the United States. Uh, and, and a lot of it is made at this plant in Sturgis, Michigan. And uh, uh, so... The recall happened three months ago because there were uh, four instances of babies being sickened or 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 died uh, from a particular enzyme, uh, a particular bacteria uh, that uh, was was done there. So um, so there was a voluntary recall and then the FDA shut down the lab uh, and it still has not reopened. And uh, uh, the interesting thing is that uh, there was a whistleblower who was talking about 
the poor conditions of this Abbott Labs facility for months before this recall actually happened. As far back as last October, there was uh, this this whistleblower out there talked to the FDA. FDA blew them off. Um, inspections are pretty lax, apparently, at this facility. The facility shows very telltale signs of just poor conditions. There were falsified documents. There's a whole history of this facility that is uh, uh, pretty pretty damning. But the more damning part is the fact that the way that the baby formula market is set up, one recall in one facility in Michigan is enough to send the entire uh, market into turmoil. And that's because of a few different factors uh, that are interrelated. Number one, there are really only four major baby formula companies in the United States and really only two, uh, Abbott Labs and Reckitt Benkiser, which is a UK company that is mainly known for making Lysol. Uh, but uh, they bought uh, in 2017 Mead Johnson, which makes the other main brand of baby formula, which is called Enfamil. Um, so those two produce about two thirds of all baby formula in the United States. Another 10% from uh, Nestle, which owns the Gerber brand. And another 10% from this company called Perigo, which is a manufacturer that makes house brands uh, for, for uh, various drugstores and groceries and things like that. So that's pretty much it. I mean, that's like 90% of the market right there is those four companies. And it's actually even worse than that because um, about half of all baby formula purchases are done through the Women, Infant, and Children program or the WIC program. Um, and uh, the way that that works is that uh, the various states, which have their own state-based WIC programs, set up a competitive bidding arrangement with these baby food companies. And they select one to be the company that is WIC eligible. And they secure these volume discounts for formula in exchange for market exclusivity. And what we see is that when you have uh, essentially one brand that is eligible for the half of families that purchase through the WIC program, that it doesn't make any sense for the other companies to compete on uh, the non-WIC portion of the audience. And we've seen this very clearly. If you look at uh, California recently changed their uh, contractor for WIC. And you, there's this amazing chart that where you see that uh, previously the contract brand had 95% of the market and the non-contract brands had five. And when that contract changed, that non-contract brand went to 95% and the contract brand went down to five. So, uh, you know, you, it, this is an oligopoly, but really at the state level, it's a monopoly. And 34 states and D.C. use Abbott as their sole WIC supplier, which means Abbott is dominant in these 34 states. And sure enough, the states where we're seeing the, the heaviest shortages are the states where Abbott is the WIC contractor uh, because uh Obviously, the closure of the Sturgis facility has uh, put a strain on Abbott's ability to get 
this uh, formula out to those particular states. And secondarily, the other states are reluctant to go in because uh, they it would be for a temporary time. And once Abbott gets back on their feet, then it would not be it would not make any sense for them to continue to have the product in those particular states. Now, uh, the WIC program has changed its guidelines and said, yeah, uh, for because of this emergency, you can uh, you as a WIC uh, recipient can get non-contract formula and will pay for it. But that doesn't mean much to the company that says, all right, what am I going to like change my logistics and ship in there for two weeks? Uh, and, and then the Abbott facility comes back online and I'd have to pull everything back out. It's not cost effective. It's not efficient. It doesn't make any sense, uh, from a business standpoint. And so, uh, you have this kind of entrenched monopoly because of this contracting relationship between the government and these baby formula companies. And it tends to not only narrow the market itself writ large, but it creates effective monopolies in all 50 states. And it's just a really bad way of doing business that works. It, it works in the sense of uh, the WIC recipients get very big discounts when it works. But when you have a recall or a moment of crisis like we do now, it's it's just a nightmare. That's the end of the preview, folks. If you want to hear the whole episode, you can go to patreon.com slash left anchor. Thanks for listening.